0: People
1: are in a bad place right now, Cody, and I think we're ignoring some obvious good signs, Um, if I may. Okay. There are big, giant things happening on the horizon, just out of sight, and and, and maybe it's, you know, if we paid a little bit closer attention to prophecy, if we just kept our ears to the, our spiritual ears to the ground. Maybe we would have seen this unexpected future of good tidings coming because the Bible didn't get us ready for this, but I'm here to tell you that good days
0: they are, are coming. And do you know why Cody? Uh, I, I'm what I'm waiting for this one. Cause,
1: because benifer's back. benifer it's happening. Ben Affleck and J-Lo are getting married,
0: my man. I thought you were going to tell me Brittany was pregnant, and I'm like, yeah. that.
1: Well, that's true, too. I'm, we could debate on the how good that
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brittany. Why'd you have to bring up Brittany? Is Benifer a good thing? Because not only have we seen it with this combination, this is now the second time, but we also saw it with Jennifer Gardner, and here we are. They're older.
1: They're wiser. Ben has been through some things. He's, he's kicked a drinking
0: habit, right? That's a real thing that happened, right? He went to yeah. rehab. We, we blame um, Joss Whedon. D- <laughs>
1: Darn you, Joss just ruining dc franchises and apparently ben affleck's sober living and live uh yeah this is All a real lives. thing this is a real thing that's happening apparently uh ben affleck and jay and it's not you know it's not 2001 we're not we're not back in time ben affleck and j-lo are getting married that's a real thing you go you have no other reaction, no. This doesn't make you a little w- wistful, nostalgic.
0: Nope. I'm just I'm just happy for these two crazy kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Jennifer Lopez is my mom's age, so that's a weird thing to think about. Well, I'm how just, old is
1: she? How old is J Lo?
0: Now I'm going to have to think. She's approaching fifty six. Is she really? No. uh, what wait a minute no i'm lying to you 53 53 are you looking this up are you just guessing Uh, no like i'm pretty sure she was born in 1969 how do you know that that's kind of creepy my man she was i told you she is the same age as my mom (laughs) your mother is only 52 yeah how old are you I just turned 33. My mom's wow. going to turn fifty-three soon. So yeah. Wow,
1: we both had young moms. That's crazy. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
0: So yes. She's not a young kid. She's just a regular kid now. This'll be the fourth wedding for JLo.
1: Mm. Four fourth wedding. She should do the runaway bride. That would on be this problematic one. if she was in a church. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> nah i mean i'm not saying rightfully so i'm saying churches are a little we have problems stretching some do some don't yeah but she this is marriage number four she was married to mark anthony i forgot about that one. i did not you did not what
0: forget you about did not mark. forget
1: she was married to chris judd for a couple of years who i think was a was he a dancer i believe he was a dancer and then Ojani noah that's which made was up. Way percent. back. That was back when like J-Lo was a fly girl. No, mm-hmm. it was after that. But do you remember that's how J-Lo got her start as a fly girl on In Living Color? That's gonna be way back for some people. That's too far back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um was this before she was Salinas? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Way back. So
1: um let's see, the fly girls in living color also paula abdul i think was a part of that besides Um, being a laker girl yeah Eh, maybe she was a laker girl not a fly girl i don't remember i sometimes get paula abdul and j-lo confused and i know that's weird but you don't understand how big paula abdul was um she was big dude she was huge like in the late 80s I'll take your word for Straight it. Straight up now, tell me, do you really want to, you know, yeah. that song.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was way before your time, huh? I, I do know the song. Oh, okay, good. She was also Forever Your Girl. She was also Forever Your Girl. Yes.
1: I'm forever your girl.
0: Some, I had that album. Something about opposites <laughs> attract.
1: Opposites attract. Yeah, with MC Scat Cat. <laughs> yeah, the video had like a cartoon cat in it. I don't know how we start. How do we get? How do we get on to Paula Abdul? Because um, be, I I get her and J Lo confused. Yes. So. Okay. Thanks so J- a lot, Jenny. J Lo is nearly fifty three. That's kind of crazy. Well, how old's Paula Abdul? <laughs> this could go on a while. Uh, Paula Abdul is fifty nine. She's fifty nine.
0: She was judging Idol
1: <sighs> back in the day. Wow. Wow, and she was married um, to Emilio Estevez for a couple of years. A lot of people don't remember that. My
0: favorite of the Estevez Sheen clan. That really, it might be the most underrated and underused out of the Sheen Estevez clan. Oh man, he was big there for a
1: few years because Amelia was on a young. He was in Young Guns, mm-hmm. which the, there was Young Guns and Young Guns Two, and those movies like. So before Tombstone and all those, like the it westerns of the moment were was young guns and uh Amelia was William H. Bonnie, aka Billy the Kid, which he was perfect for because he had that baby face. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even know if Emilio Esfes can grow facial hair. I
0: think he can. You think so? I it bet. might be splotchy. I bet it's patchy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, he just doesn't look like he's, he's, I mean, he's really got a baby face. Anyways, now we're talking about Emilio Estevez. Um, but what we should be talking about is uh, J-Lo and Ben. benifer Back for good. Maybe. Well, <laughs> if history has told us anything about this fine young couple. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see.
0: Ben and Jens don't last forever. Here's what's clear. We're rooting
1: for him. Yeah, we are. We're rooting for Benifer. This is the one, you guys. This is it's Ben and J Lo forever. Be great if we we get him uh, to come to church. Get him to you know if we get him around Denzel maybe. Denzel get him.
0: Oh, well, I know Jennifer goes to church. Oh, does she? But I'm pretty sure she's the Roman Catholic variety. Mm, so yeah, yeah. Okay, that's
1: cool. All right.
0: Uh, welcome to Pop Culture
1: Pastor. Uh, my name is Dave. Cody is here. And uh, we're here to, to talk about all the uh, pop culture news for this week, and of which you've already heard a lot that Benifer is back
0: for good. And the play for keeps. It leads to a discussion of six degrees that ends with Emilio Estevez.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got all the way to S. Fez before we got ourselves under control. Yay us. Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Fulton Reed. <laughs> uh, cake eater. Uh, Fulton Reed, uh, you know, the guy that played Fulton uh, was Foggy Nelson in the Daredevil series. Yes. And Daredevil is going to be back in the MCU. So we've gone all the way from Bennifer to the MCU. And Ben was Daredevil in a crappy old movie about Daredevil. We
0: don't talk about
1: that. <laughs> With his former wife Jennifer Garner. Wow, we went full circle. Benifer.
0: Benifer.
1: <laughs> that was a fun game. It was. Uh, uh, this is Pop Culture Pastor and we just made a full circuit from Benifer to Benifer.
0: All the Benefers.
1: Eight degrees of (laughs) Benefer. And we're back. Uh, This first segment devoted to all of the pop culture news we feel like it's important to talk about this week.
0: Have you been watching Moon Knight? I have not seen the episode that came out this week. Oh, okay. So, episode three, I have not seen. No spoilers. No spoilers. Episode two, I can spoil the the ever-living nerd out of that one. Yeah, it's good. The show's good, man loosely based on my real life story. It's so good.
1: Um I'm really excited the the direction they're going with it with um in particular the mental health stuff. Like the his his struggling with the the uh personalities is very interesting and clearly going to be a part of the story moving forward. Um and yeah, so I won't say any more because yeah. You haven't, I haven't, you haven't seen. seen this week's yet. Which um, is fine. As we're recording this, it just episode three just came out today. Yeah. The rumor is, is that episode four has got a big twist, though, so you better get that watched. Spoilers. It's not really a spoiler. Spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. <laughs> this is six episodes. This is usually where they throw in something big. Well, this is something. like the part in Falcon episode four-ish would have been where in the Falcon Winter Soldier where fake Cap killed a dude again, spoilers that's not a spoiler. Everybody that wanted to watch that has watched it by now. I hope by by the way i'm still
0: I still kind of dig the John Walker character. um I'm here for anything with Mr. Russell in it, so yeah, that's
1: Kurt Russell and Goldie's son, yeah, the guy that played John Walker in case anybody wanted to know right we're, we're really like we're really a d d right now. We're kind of bit. just, we, we get all over the place quickly. So let's just stick to the news. Um, a familiar face is returning to the National Treasure television show on Disney Plus, and that would be your doppelganger, Justin Bartha. Yeah. Nick Cage's sidekick in the original movies. He played Riley Poole. And uh, my wife, by the way, when I told her that he was your doppelganger, she was incredulous. She was like, what? They don't look anything alike. Well, it's like, you just haven't seen Cody, you know, with a shaved face. I mean. I mean, look at this guy. He, tell, tell me you don't look just like that guy. Look at that cat.
0: So Have you shaved? When he is on top of the roof in Hangover mm-hmm. and has gotten his tan. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't watch those kind of movies, Sinner. <laughs> He, <laughs> we we do bear a closer resemblance. He he is a little little paler than I. Mm, that's true. You have a uh, more of an olive complexion. I do. So, which do we know where that's from? What's your ancestry like? Um, the rumor has it a dash of Cherokee. So there you go. All right. Yeah.
1: that's kind of cool.
0: It is. Uh, my
1: great grandfather was full blooded Syrian. So, I've got a little Middle Eastern blood in me, you do, but I don't look anything like that. you don't I don't retain any of those uh any of that genetic in my affect, yeah, as far as the the looks and you're- I am not an attractive man, that's what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh Justin Bartha coming back as everyone's favorite nerdy sidekick Riley Poole. He was the, Nicolas Cage's Ben Gates character's companion uh, in those two movies. Um, Often uses comic relief. But the tech guy, too. He was like... Well, you need a tech guy. Yeah, he was the tech guy.
0: Uh, if you're looking for treasure,
1: you got to have Riley Poole.
0: Um, I mean, I think Nick Cage is too cagey for Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus can't contain a Nick Cage. I mean, surely he makes a cameo, though, right? There's no way Nick Cage doesn't have a
1: cameo in this series.
0: Well, unless they killed off his character in between time. Okay, do you want me to read you the the description of the show from Disney Plus? Go for it.
1: The new National Treasure Treasure Series focuses on Jess, a young dreamer, dream all in caps, so like um, uh, an immigrant, right? Yes. Who recruits her friends... And embarks on the adventure of a lifetime to uncover the truth about her family's mysterious past and save a lost Pan-American treasure. So this is a, a an America's story, not just North America, apparently. What do you think about that? Um... Could be
0: awesome. I, there's, where where there's are they a going lot. with this? We going lost cities of gold here? I would think you'd have to go south. There's yeah. nothing can well that's Pan America.
1: That's probably what they mean. And yeah. if she's a dreamer, that immediately makes me think she's either Mexican or Central American, right? Yeah. Uh one of those countries down there. And so, man, if you're if you're talking about the Americas and a famous lost treasure, man, it just has to be
0: the lost cities of Cebola. Unless they are going up to the oak island dig site and they're actually going to find that treasure before the- <laughs> but correct me if i'm wrong
1: isn't the oak island kind of what the first national treasure is about because what they're looking for in oak island is like the stuff from the library of Ale- alexandria right the great library isn't that kind of what they were looking for in oak island
0: Oak Island, they're uh, looking for either Knights Templar stuff yeah. or Viking stuff. Oh, Viking stuff? Okay. Vikings could have stuff there, too. Well, the Knights Templar was what
1: I was thinking of, which would be what the first National Treasure movie was about.
0: So, yeah, they've already
1: done that, technically. I don't know what the Viking stuff is.
0: Well, I mean, the Vikings landed somewhere around there. The Vikings didn't have treasure. What? They just pillaged villages for all their food. I've got <laughs> Viking blood in me. I know. We don't, we don't care about money. We just want your food. The History Channel then lied to me with their hit show, <laughs> Vikings. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is a member of the cast
1: as well. Oh. Uh, she's playing Billy, a series regular who is a BA billionaire. Uh, black market antiquities expert and treasure hunter who lives by her own code. I believe it.
0: So sign me up. Yeah, she sounds like she's the bad guy, right? Or the cool guy. Mm,
1: No, she's definitely the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Justin Barth coming back. Are you in for that show? Yeah, yeah. How in? Are we like... All in, kind of in.
0: On the scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 6.5, but if it's leaked that Nick Cage does cameo in, I'm all the way up to an 8. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm where you are. I, I agree. My kids are all in. My kids love National Treasure. Um, This story broke today. I don't know what to think about this. Taylor Humphrey, 33 years old, um, has helped name more than a hundred babies in 2020, and she gets 150 thousand dollars in cash to do this to help couples, rich people name their babies. Um, lots of money to help them find the just perfect name for their offspring. New York businesswoman who doesn't have any children. She bills herself as a passionate writer and storyteller, adept at branding, marketing, and social media. She's an NYU grad, and um, she found her true calling when she established her what's-in-a-baby's-name business in 2015. And now she's like, rich people go to her to name their children.
0: I what? don't want to be rude. Yo, <laughs> Uh-oh. But that's dumb. <laughs> Um, especially considering the current climate that we're living in where kids like easily and readily change their name and yeah, you don't know, like, why would you just give money away for this? Donate it to a charity and say, Hey, random child's name that I have given you. This charity received $10,000 instead of this lady. And you actually did something good by being born. There you go. It says, depending on how much expectant parents will pay her,
1: her services range from a phone call and a bespoke name list to a genealogical investigation with the aim of unearthing
0: old family names. Okay, I'm (laughs) cool with that part. (laughs) Well,
1: couldn't the family do that?
0: Probably, but... Like George Clooney went on like an A and E show or something, and they discovered he was somehow related to the Queen. Listen to this: recently, the innovative entrepreneur
1: chose the baby named Parks for a couple who had their first kid kiss in a town called Parker. Huh? That's ten thousand
0: bucks right there. Let me. That's worth it. They literally <laughs> could name the kid Parker. I know Parker's. No, 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 no. It's Parks. Come on, man. You
1: got to listen better. Parks. Uh, She doesn't make any money if she just says Parker. Parker sounds like a dink. It's got to be Parks. That sounds cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, she also advised an anxious mother who was considering changing her young's daughter name, young daughter's name, who is currently named Ila, Isla, I S L A, because it kept being mispronounced Isla. She was compensated. Listen, she was paid for telling the mom to stick with the name.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Wait, how do I get into this line of work? There's hope for me. You know, for years I had a dream of being a common sense consultant (laughs) to just like people would come pay me and and have me tell them what to do like a consultant, but like I would just be the common sense consultant. Like, so if this lady came to me and she said, everyone's mispronouncing my daughter's name, it's Isla. Well, I think it's that that's when I'm looking at it. That's how I pronounce it. But maybe she was pronouncing it somewhat different. I don't know. Isla. Um, But you know, that would all be solved the moment she told me how to pronounce her name. Which is how people usually know how to pronounce your name. Yeah, like I have a difficult last name, and every teacher I ever had mispronounced it the first time.
0: Um, But after I told them, they were good. Like some people will accidentally call me Corey, and then I'll correct them, and then they'll be more attentive to
1: Cody. Let's let's talk about this. Um, Did I hear you saying you were hurt by this? (laughs) I'm good. You, you spent many years being called Corey. <laughs> so what i want to say is Corey, um how do we get past <laughs> this <laughs> but for real you should
0: change like your twitter handle to dave common sense uh dude rimbolt
1: yeah i'm the common sense consultant not dude. I'm the common sense consultant. Anyways, Taylor Humphrey, 33 years old, that's her name. Um uh, she she did all these things. She also runs a popular TikTok account where she often offers free advice. Well, hold on a second. Let Dave Rimble, the common sense consultant, pull right up here and tell you when you uh, uh, you don't give people the cow when they get the milk for free. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think I messed that one up. I don't think I said that right. Anyways, the point is is what is she doing? <laughs> You don't give people free advice when you yeah. can charge
0: for it. She she's undercutting her brand. Um, she apparently doesn't know how so, capitalism works. Like the genealogy thing, I want her to like have the parents introduce their child as like um, Isla, the daughter <laughs> of whatever the daughter of whoever and like go lord the rings with it with the introductions
1: well i don't know the parents names whoever's isla's mom is but she's very offended at you (laughs) i can tell you that much um in in a recent video humphrey advised a woman who was expecting baby number three needed a name to flow with two of her older sons her first two children Emmett and miller her top picks Look, she even gave the options oh well so these names go with emmett and miller according to uh miss humphrey here who is a naming consultant okay so these go with emmett and miller grady wilson Whalen, and fletcher how well you'd have to ask her i'm not a (laughs) naming expert because i don't know they just seem like random names to me (laughs) I'm going to go with Fletcher, though, because I always wanted a kid named Fletch. But my wife wouldn't go for it. I wanted to name both of my sons
0: Fletch. <laughs> uh, it's probably for the best. You weren't allowed to name. Uh, seriously, this is weird, right?
1: What? <sighs> Isn't naming your children, like, special to people at all? No. Like, how lazy do you have to be to be like... Let's just pay this lady to think of the perfect name for our child.
0: You might as well create a website where you pay 99 cents per a spin of the wheel and then the wheel spins and generates a random baby name and then boom, parents get it at like a fraction of the cost of what this lady's charging.
1: What if, okay, let's just make a statement right here. Let's just say pop culture pasture is getting into the baby naming game. We see that as a growth industry. We do. (laughs) Obviously. Offs. It's a growth industry. We're just going to undercut Taylor here, Taylor Humphrey, by just a little bit. We'll be cheaper, and we'll do just as good of a job of naming your children. I promise. Someone's kids getting named Macho randy macho man savage rimbolt (laughs) would be an amazing name for my next boy child that i'm not having spoilers (laughs) oh yep so there you go professional baby namer that's a thing that's happening you're welcome world yes wow um johnny depp and amber heard trial has started Um, Depp is suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, for defamation over a 2018 op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post about surviving domestic violence. Uh, Though she never mentioned Depp by name in the article, um, it was clear that that's who she was writing about, her former husband. Um, And this is, boy, this is already ugly. (laughs) No one wins in this. It's already, first of all, who do you got? Here, who who do you believe? One of them's lying. Either Johnny Depp's an abuser or Amber Heard is psychotic. Which
0: one? Which are we going with? Here? Can can I just say both? Yeah, I mean that's
1: probably the obvious, the easy answer is that they're both a little nuts. I just want to believe that Johnny Depp isn't nuts, but he does kind of act nuts. Fifty-eight years old um, today, as we're recording this. Uh, Johnny Depp's sister testified saying that they were victims of abuse from their parents and that he would never do that. He would never be like that. Although I'd have to tell Johnny Depp's sister, as someone, and, and you, as someone who's worked in mental health, that's not usually
0: how it works out. I mean, there's abusees a a abuse can be the abusers. Yeah, there's a few paths you can go, and there's some people that like. They So I have a friend whose dad was an alcoholic, and he has not touched any alcohol, and he's 33. Right, yeah. But there are people that, the exact opposite. Yeah, they'll do the same things yeah. that their parents did. So that's not necessarily a foolproof argument there, but... Amber Heard's
1: attorney in opening statements says the evidence will show she suffered domestic abuse by Depp that, quote, took many forms, including physical, emotional, verbal, and psychological.
0: Um, all the details that leaked out, their last court stuff, it, it was psychologically damaging to me. How are they gonna know
1: this? How like how are they gonna come to any sort of conclusion? When the when your best witness as the so Depp is suing her. Right. So he's the, the onus of proof is on him to prove that Amber Heard is crazy. Like, so unless he has, here's the problem. Unless he has like video where we all see it and go, Oh yeah. I mean, she's flinging poo. That's not good.
0: I mean, this is not going to go anywhere. Right. Um, I mean, if he was to focus on my career has significantly suffered, and there's no proof that I have done these things. Yeah, that's a good point. Then maybe, but... So he doesn't have to prove that she was the one
1: that was abusive. He just has to approve prove that she defamed his
0: character. Yes. Without, with no proof. Yeah. Yeah. Because unless I'm mistaken, he doesn't have like... So you know, if I'm remembering right, there
1: were pictures of her with like a black eye.
0: Yes. Is that Mm -hmm. true? Mm -hmm. But
1: he's like his claim is that she beat him up.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, This is nuts. This is nuts, though. He's not a tough
1: looking guy. He's not. I don't. I mean, listen, um, I'm old now and fat, but I think I could take Johnny Depp pretty easily. Actually, Jack Sparrow, he ain't (laughs)
0: like he. He digs in the sand in that commercial. (laughs) (laughs) There's a commercial for a cologne that he advertises for and they still play it. So his character hasn't been defamed that much. Well, I mean,
1: what has he done though since pirates?
0: That commercial.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, let's move on. This is going nowhere fast. Um, There was a lot of uh, talk on social media here in the last couple days about, this is crazy. Did you know that Kmart is down to the last three stores in America? Yes. Uh, Once a retail giant, Kmart down to three stores after one closed in New Jersey. There's only three Kmarts left.
0: I literally thought they had closed years ago. So there's three more than I thought there were. I feel like my childhood is dying. Oh, it's on life support. (sighs) I'm having a panic attack, I think. And you have just a few moments to say goodbye.
1: Uh, Kmart was the first place I ever had an icy. That was where they were at, exclusive for a while. You could only get icies at Kmart, and yeah, you could get slushies anywhere. But the slushie is not an icy, and I will
0: fight to the death. In, in, if anyone says otherwise, because Icy's are just different. Um, Kmart was the first time I had Little Caesars.
1: <laughs> Little Caesars used to be in Kmart's, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that that's my Kmart memory. ICs just taste better in Kmart too, man. They uh, just did. I'm not going to lie. The last Kmart I went to, I thought I might get stabbed. <laughs> so... <laughs> And it wasn't that long ago. It's
1: like 10 years ago. So uh, a lot of people are remembering the things we're remembering online by the way. IC's Little Caesars, the cafe in general in Kmart. Um are they remembering the stabbings?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay.
1: Not many people remembering like what made them famous though, which was the blue light specials. special. Yeah. So you'd just be in Kmart and they'd be like they like they would come on the loudspeakers be like Woo! It's a blue light special. And they had like this like police light that was blue and you'd have to find where it was coming from. And wherever that blue light was parked, something was like on clearance
0: Um, randomly. That is the closest thing in real life to supermarket sweep. Oh, wow. That's, that's a blast from the past. Um, great show might've been my favorite game show as a kid. You can um,
1: actually get online right now on YouTube and find 30 minutes of Kmart store music from 1989.
0: (laughs) It was a good year. Uh,
1: Someone said, I heard they refused to stock Fresca. That was the beginning of the end of the Kmart Empire. (laughs) Uh, Kmart was like, so I remember Kmart um, when I was a kid too. It was the place you went to uh, when Walmart was all out of the toys you wanted which was all the time because like the toys you wanted were the ones that were popular transformers GI Joes. And you'd go to Walmart, man, they'd just be picked over nothing but Scarlet's left in the GI Joe aisle. Lady J's. I don't want no lady J. I wanted Hawk Duke (laughs) roadblock. (laughs) I wanted Sergeant slaughter. No, all those gone, but, uh, you go to Kmart and they would have, um, Well, they'd have GoBots, but let's not talk about GoBots. (laughs) Those were the fake Transformers. Nobody wanted those. But Kmart had a lot of them. (laughs) That didn't go well for Kmart. No. They were really good. Anyways, we're mourning the loss of
0: Kmart, finally. Um, Are they going to have a documentary special like the last uh, blockbuster? They should. I would watch that. The last blockbuster was actually a really good doc, by the way. You can watch it on Netflix near you. Kevin Smith's in it. Yeah, I need to watch that. You told me about that, and I still haven't watched it. Um, randomly, the lead singer of Savage Garden's in it, too. That is pretty random. It is. Wow. I don't even remember what they sang. What was the All biggest- the hits.
1: No, they had
0: oh, one hit. No, they had multiple hint- Did hits. Did they? Yes, multiple. I'm going to look that up while we head out into the lobby. Um, I can list off like three or four songs right now.
1: Let's not. Okay. Let's go out to the lobby. We're going out to the lobby to answer listener questions. We'll meet you there in just a minute. Welcome back. We are in the lobby, Cody. Mm-hmm. We are in the lobby. We're getting snacks. Snacks. I've, I've got a... Sh- snacks! <laughs> what was that video with the kid? You remember that one? It went viral. Yeah. It was like this little baby. It was like, snacks! <laughs> Probably, as my, that was my kid. That was me. It was me. Um, I'm sipping on a uh, Coke Zero. Ooh. Ew.
0: What do you mean? It needs to have whatever's been removed. Well, that would be the sugar. Yeah. And when they've put all these other
1: chemicals in it to make it taste like there's sugar in it, but it's probably not doing good things to my brain. Yeah. I'm really counting on Jesus coming back soon. (laughs) Because I can't kick the diet sodas. If you think Dave should kick
0: the diet sodas, let us know. I do, but my voice doesn't count, so... It always counts, Cody. <laughs> You're a good friend.
1: Um, of course, what we do out here in the lobby is every week we put the question to you guys. Hey, what do you want to ask us? What do you want to know about Dave and Cody? What 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 opinions do you want to ask us about movies and TV and pop culture wise? Okay. And every week um, we get some questions. So let's just start. This is, man. I I needed more time to think about this one. Okay. Kyle Kessinger says, what movies or TV shows would you have crossover events or episodes with such as he even gives us an example, such as the supernatural Scooby-Doo episode, which was awesome. By the way, he says, (laughs) first of all, there's a supernatural Scooby-Doo episode. There is. Wow. First, why does everything work well as with a Scooby-Doo crossover? I mean, Scooby-Doo crossovers have happened with just about anything. Harlem Globetrotters, Gilligan's Gilligan's Island crossed over with Scooby-Doo. Batman, Batman with Adam West, <laughs> Adam West Batman. Yeah. I mean, lots of things have crossed over with Scooby-Doo. Why does that work? It's WWE got a dog.
0: has, like, recently crossed over. It shouldn't
1: work on paper. That's ridiculous, but it does. Scooby-Doo's like the king of the crossover. You can't take that away from him. Timmy Hardaway? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He's not the king of the crossover. Scooby-Doo is. Exactly. Scooby-Doo has a mean crossover. A lot of people don't know that. He'll cross you up and take it all the way to the rack. You just now figured out we weren't talking about <laughs> the same crossover, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh but yeah, um, so, what would you cross over? Cody this is hard this is hard Um, by the way one of my favorites not mentioned was Alf in Gilligan's Island (laughs) yeah that (laughs) happened Alf crossed over with Gilligan's Island and that was one of my favorite you know uh, Marvel Infinity Wars the most ambitious crossover event in history yeah and then I put the meme of me and then the picture of Alf with Gilligan's Island nice yeah Um, why is
0: Gilligan's Island so good to cross over with because it's impossible to happen.
1: Must be that John Denver. Wait, Bob Denver. Yeah. John Denver's a different cat. <laughs> Gilligan,
0: is he still alive or did he die? I think he kicked the can a while oh, ago. What? Yeah. No. So
1: Is Gilligan little buddies dead?
0: Yeah. Um a crossover that could happen. Cause they're in the same space. Doggone it. He died in 2005. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a while ago. Why wasn't I told? <laughs> um. So, Miami Vice. Oh, old or new? Because they redid that, right? Let's go old.
1: Okay. Don Johnson and Tubbs. And yes,
0: <laughs> Tubbs. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, Tubbs. And the movie bad boys for life. Okay, so you get okay. Will I mean, it's Smith. it's basically the same show anyways. But I think Will and Martin are a little bit more edgy. Or you do Miami Vice and something more in the same time period and go Walker, Texas Ranger. Walker has to go to Florida. And then he's just kicking butt, taking names and runs into these cool cats with their suit jackets in their t-shirts and
1: okay okay
0: i like what you've done here yeah i don't know why miami vice is where i went to first but mm-hmm. yeah um how about stranger things
1: okay with the goonies let's get the goonies in some real action some supernatural action and see how they fare i don't think it's going well for sloth in the gang
0: um they dealt with an octopus.
1: No, they didn't in the book, in the script, but it didn't make the final cut of the movie. Therefore, it doesn't count.
0: I've seen the director's extended cut. There's an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that would work. Um, I think cartoons and like real life crossover. Well, Space
1: Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Jordan and Bugs, the original. LeBron copied. And- it's all copy. It's <laughs> so all he can do is copy the greatest.
0: Well, it's all been done, as BNL used to say. <laughs> wow! Oh,
1: that was a deep cut reference to the Bare Naked Ladies, uh, 90s pop group. Canadian. That's 90s. right, Canadian 90s pop group. Did you know the Bare Naked Ladies made like a kids' album? Did you know that happened? Um, My firstborn loved it. Um, there was a there was a song on there called "Pollywog in a Bog." <laughs> pollywog in a bog swims under soggy log. Soon he will be a frog. He's a pollywog in a bog. Whoa, whoa! You know those bare naked lady me- uh, melodies. In there.
0: <laughs> it was really different, but kind of cool. Um, I'm here for B and Yeah, they were fun. Um, But their albums were
1: like, you couldn't listen to like one week, for instance, is their big song, but that got overplayed so much. It was the rest of their album that I like to listen to. Yeah. yeah, Because the, so what were the two big ones? It was one week on the first album. And then on the next album, there was another one that was mildly, not as big as one week, but also had the rapping in it. Uh, The one guy would rap like we can't even remember. How sad is that?
0: So I really like Pinch Me. It's all been done before. P- pinch me. That's it. And then um if I had a million dollars, that one's oh see
1: now, but that then you're going classic because that was before they blew up yeah. really. Um so yeah, if you go way back, be my yoko ono. Yeah was a great song. Just a fantastic song. You could be my be my yoko ono. I oh, no. <laughs> what were we talking about?
0: crossovers
1: crossovers um the bare naked ladies could have crossed over with scooby-doo
0: yes (laughs) um ted lasso oh wait hold on let's think about that a crossover episode with
1: coach (laughs) i mean isn't everyone from coach dead no is coach still alive yes luther's definitely gone
0: Bill? No, he's still alive. Luther? Dick Van Dyke's brother? Uh, No, sorry. Wrong. He's definitely gone. Yeah, Although Dick Van Dyke's still alive.
1: I was just Ronan there for a second in Avengers (laughs) in-game. Like, don't you
0: dare give me hope. (laughs) 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 But Dick Van Dyke's still alive. That's amazing, really, too. I assume.
1: (gasps) The Dick Van Dyke show crossed with, wait for it, Scooby Doo, (laughs) Dick Van Dyke, and Scooby Doo make it happen.
0: Um, the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Dick Van Dyke show. It'd be weird because Mary Tyler Moore's in both. You know, here's the crazy part I feel like
1: I'm at an age already. I feel I should be young, but I feel old because (coughs) everyone we bring up, I'm like, wait, are they dead? Are they dead?
0: That's pretty sad, right? a little bit. It's kind
1: of sad. I feel sad for me right now.
0: Yeah. Ted Lasso should cross over with someone. Okay, wait. Let's just take a minute here,
1: and let's really put some thought into what Ted Lasso should... Ted Lasso should cross over with something kind of cynical. Yes. Because Ted Lasso is impossibly positive. So let's say Ted Lasso and Grey's Anatomy... Let's let Ted. Let's let Ted rub off on Seattle. Uh, whatever, Grace. Is Not the name of that hospital in Grey's Anatomy.
0: They need a good dose of Ted. Meredith needs something. I don't know what. <gasps> Meredith. It'd be Meredith and Ted forever.
1: Right. Nope. Derek's gone. He's out of the picture. I don't watch Grey's, but I know that. He's Did they dead. kill him? Oh yeah. He's been <laughs> dead for a few seasons. Right. Everything is like. Was he dead? <laughs> Now the guy that played him is still alive.
0: Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, the dude from "Can't Buy Me Can't Buy Me Love" that movie in the eighties.
0: So, new show I Patrick have not Dempsey. seen. Patrick Dempsey, that's his name. Yeah. Um. Um. That show you were wanting to watch on NBC was it La Brea?
1: Oh, La Brea. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ted Lasso and La Brea. I was going to go Lost. Uh, well, okay they go down the hole in their like where the island is. Well, what about Ted Lasso and Lost? What about Lost and Scooby Doo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, this should be a whole episode. I don't know if we can I don't know if we can answer this question.
0: I feel like next week I'll have way better responses. It's such a big question. Yeah, we didn't get to look at these questions as long as we normally do. Yeah. Because we had to record tonight and
1: I put the post Out there late So we might we might revisit this next week in the lobby So this one's a partial To be continued Kyle Sorry Kyle Thanks for the question we need to put more thought into it um, Also I apparently I need to watch the Supernatural Scooby Doo crossover
0: I probably need to watch Supernatural first Yeah Yeah I didn't watch Supernatural <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know it's about like Two brothers right who Yeah Hunt supernatural things. There's ghosts and stuff. And somehow Lawrence, Kansas figures into that. I know that part. You're spoiling it for me. So. Oh, well, it's like not every episode. I think it's just maybe their parents were from there. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's right. I just hit the microphone. I'm just got so excited. Because <laughs> we're national champions. Anyways. Uh, next question. And we're all dying to know this one. Okay. If you've been listening to the podcast, Lauren Allen wants to know what celebrity does
0: Cody's dad look like? Okay. And again, I look nothing like my dad. <laughs> He's already offering disclaimers. Is your dad going to be upset with us? No, no. It's I, not, I, it's I'm not just not. if you look at me and you think, well he doesn't look anything like this celebrity You're right I don't
1: Cody takes after his mom
0: I look like yeah, my mom right. um, It is Breakout star Of 1883 Tim McGraw oh. I, Literally I have been Places And <laughs> People have come Up and been like I know you're probably not but are you Tim McGraw? <laughs> that even happened here once. In in Chnut, yes. in our little town in, in Southeast. My East dad's East. from
1: Chanute. We um next time I, I see your dad, i will be like, you know, um, Mr. McGraw, I loved Indian outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I never thought of that. Yeah. I think you're kind of right.
0: And again, I don't look like my dad. So if you say. It's too bad you don't. I know. There are worse things in the world that get mistaken for Tim McGraw. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, if you look at my dad without a hat on, he used to wear cowboy hats all the time, but he doesn't so much anymore. But he has a ball cap. Uh, but he's bald or balding. And. I think Tim McGraw was because if you look back at some of those early music videos, uh-huh. it's very thin on top. Did he get the plugs? I don't know if he got the plugs. He got some extra strength row gain or what. Transplant? They do that now, right? Yeah. Hair transplants? So, that just seems uh, weird. I think, and Tim's dad didn't have a full head of hair
1: i mean tug tim mcgraw come on man yeah come on dude just let it go be natural dude you're married to faith hill who can talk trash nobody just go bald well
0: i feel sad for people that like scramble to try to keep their hair uh joe buck he did that nearly ruined his broadcasting career what why what happened I think it was because they put him under anesthesia so much that it started to affect his vocal cords.
1: Oh. I thought you'd say because he was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's a sports
0: joke. You're Uh, not going to get that unless you follow sports and also don't like Joe Buck. Um, Especially if you're from the Kansas City metropolis area.
1: Yeah, He's not popular here.
0: No. People don't like Joe Buck. It was because of those World Series we were
1: in. Yeah. And he clearly wanted the other team to win. In some Chiefs games since. Yeah. 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 Joe Buck, not popular in our area of the country. Spoiler. Okay. All right. That's uh, Those are our questions this week in the lobby. Uh, we'll be right back. We're getting ready to talk about what is our main subject this week. Is comedy dead? We're answering the big questions here on Pop Culture Pastor this week. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Pop Culture Pastor this week's pod. Now this is it would be fair to say that this is kind of still reacting to the Oscars incident. Oscars. It's not, we're not going to talk a lot about it, but this has kind of dredged up this um, this thing that's kind of been we've, we we've been kind of wanting to talk about this for a while and now it's almost impossible not to. And it's this question is comedy dead? Is comedy dead? We talked about this extensively when, you know, as it pertains to the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation, because Chris Rock made a dumb joke. But in an environment where the history of the Oscars is kind of this roast
0: atmosphere. And your friend Amy Schumer wasn't allowed to make a joke. Well, her joke was far worse. I know, but she wasn't allowed to make it. So I mean, going
1: by you know the the things what we have seen i can only assume that if amy schumer tells that joke someone's gonna walk up on stage and hit her with a safe like drop an anvil on her head (laughs) or something her joke was way worse um and way more insensitive yeah and she was complaining like that was none of that made sense because she was complaining about how Oh, I just am so triggered, and we're all so emotionally rattled because of Chris Rock and Will Smith. And then she says, and then I didn't get to tell my joke, making fun of the lady who died in the Alec Baldwin movie. What? Yeah. Are you serious right now, Amy Schumer? Anyways. Amy was. <laughs> Disga- I mean, but so this is a fair question. Um, Should I be Should I look at Amy Schumer's non-told joke And be like that's ridiculous Amy Schumer Or should they let her tell it Um I don't know this is the question we're going to try And answer yeah because Chris Rock Told a joke I still Don't think he was directly aiming it At Jada Pinkett Smith's Alopecia I think he was making a Reference to she shaved her head for a long time And she's
0: buff Yeah Um so with that question in mind I think that I would say that comedy is more on life support Mm -hmm. and that you can find different types of comedy in different places Um, I mean if you are wanting to just be out there and to like go super dark, make fun of everyone, everything. Um, Oscars probably not the place to do it. So, for Amy, I will say, Yeah, wrong venue. Well, it's yeah. surprising that Amy Schumer was their pick. Like Ricky Gervais ain't ever coming back to the Oscars, right? Or Golden Globes, whatever it was he was hosting. Oh, was that yeah.
1: what it was? I mean, he's, tomato, tomato. His con- his comedy is dead, right? Although he's still out there making it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chappelle ain't ever going to host the Oscars, although that would be amazing if he did, but
0: he would never do it. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's a comedian that I'm thinking of that kind of fits that mold that a lot of comedians were fitting in the, the early 2000s where nothing was off limits and, um more dark more edgy Uh, his name's Anthony Jeselnik and although he goes to these dark places it is super creative like you there's usually a twist and if you're not like expecting it it's kind of startling but like it's so absurd that you kind of laugh and like so there's a way to do comedy intelligently And where it's like, okay, this dude's a jerk, but he's not canceled.
1: I mean, South Park is still on the air. South
0: Park's still on the air. We
1: talked a little bit about Trey and Matt, the creators of South Park, here in the last couple pods. And they make fun of everybody, but everyone kind of is aware of that. Although it's fair to say I think the South Park's not nearly as popular as it once was.
0: No, but... Also, I mean... How do they get a pass, though? It's been on forever. And um, I don't know if there's just that beloved factor that keeps it going, or if it's... Or maybe they just don't care. That um, they don't cross a certain point. Yeah. Dave Chappelle
1: doesn't care what everyone thinks. Although let's let um we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle in a minute. Steve Harvey, I wanted to bring up Steve Harvey.
0: Stephen Harvey. So
1: he recently um was out promoting his new ABC courtroom comedy
0: series Judge Steve Harvey, which that doesn't seem real. Um, but that is, it's real. I remember I'm old enough to remember the Steve Harvey show. Yeah, right? Which had Cedric the Entertainer on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's going to talk about
1: Cedric here. So he said this. He was he was talking to reporters on Tuesday uh, that he couldn't do stand-up comedy anymore unless it was the last thing he ever did in Hollywood due to content sensitivities is what he called it. He said this. We're in the cancel culture now. Uh, nobody can say anything he wants to. Chris Rock can't. Kevin Hart can't. Cedric, the entertainer can't deal. Hughley can't. These are all like his friends. You know, he says, I can go down the list. The only person that can say what they want to say on stage is Dave Chappelle because he's not sponsor driven. He's subscription. He is. So he's got Netflix, right? Uh, Steve says, if I had tried to continue as a stand-up, there's no way I could maintain it because political correctness has killed comedy, killed it. Every joke. Now it hurts someone's feelings. What people don't understand about comedians is that a joke has to be about something. It has to be about somebody. We can't write jokes about puppies. The joke can't be about trees. Some of these jokes have to be about people because that's what the most interesting topic is. And he says, so if I came back, I'd have to wait till I'm done and I'm not done yet. (laughs) And his, his last comedy special would be called This Is It. That's the end of his quote. Now, what I want to ask you is, is comedy dead? This is the question we're answering. He says, we can't make fun of ourselves anymore. Can we make fun of ourselves?
0: I I think, again, there's certain venues and streams that you can do that. Because there's other comedians that are Dave Chappelle-esque on Netflix but they're not as popular because they're not as good where like the comedians he listed off are top notch comedians, very creative individuals. I think that so Kevin Hart got fired from the Oscars. He remember? Did. because yeah. they
1: dug back in his history and found that he'd made a couple of what people thought were homophobic
0: jokes. Yes. Um, they weren't current. They were old. They were old. Is that fair? Um, I mean, I don't know if I would have fired him, but I definitely would have had him address it. Okay, um, you know who I'm going to blame for this? Oh, wow, we're going right to the blame game. Okay, yeah, we're going. I mean, to- no, but I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> um, Al Gore's wife,
1: Tipper Gore, yes, you're blaming Tipper. <laughs>
0: Uh, Her and the the parents out there that were trying to get married with children canceled. You all don't know. You guys, young, you millennials, mostly,
1: you don't know. But Tipper, she was cancel culture before cancel culture was even a thing. So she went all over the map. Rock music, uh, married with children, gangster rap. Although we can all probably agree that gangster rap could have been toned down a little.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was problematic. So I think like the worst qualities of that survived and mutated down to where we're at now. Although. Somewhere Tipper Gores in her secret lair going.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what Al had planned when he invented the internet. <laughs> uh, Al. Thank you, Al, for inventing the internet. You
1: ruined everything. <laughs>
0: Um, I will say that there are some comedians that are out there that are just super creative and man, now they have to be. And like, so one of the biggest, and it was one of the biggest shows that debuted on Netflix for a while and definitely the biggest comedy special that wasn't Dave Chappelle, um, It was Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are in a dark place, do not watch it. (laughs) Because, I mean, there's a lot of... He's dealing with going through the pandemic. Like, it's filmed over six months. In the early days where everything's on lockdown. Mm -hmm. And at points it gets kind of depressing. But then he's able to make it into, like, one gigantic joke with several things happening inside of it and he's also the guy that's on parks and rec and does the song um i'll bring the ladies oh yeah
1: yeah the country singer yeah
0: yeah yeah. i'll bring the ladies you bring the beer troops
1: will bring the freedom yeah that guy (laughs) that's one of the most amazing like i really wanted to hear that country song i probably have heard that like that's it was funny because that seems like a lot of country songs Yes. That was genius. Um, yeah. here I guess here's the real question, and we're going to hit on this later because someone's going to – we're going to talk about a TV show in particular that a lot of people, uh, you know, rail on now. Uh, but their complaint about the, this TV show that we'll talk about later and the complaint about Chappelle and some of this other comedy that's in question is that they're punching down. Right. That's the, that's the explanation you get. Yeah. Um, Basically there's this idea that like, well, there's certain groups you can't make fun of now on one hand, I mean, I get it on one hand. I can see, but like, Hey, I don't, I don't think anybody wants to laugh at someone getting their feelings hurt, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, on the other hand, I'm also in this camp where like. So I'm Gen X and I understand that I'm a little bit different, but we learn to laugh at ourselves and and we learn to not get defensive. And so over, you know, like that's what makes it funny. Like, let's go back to South Park. They make fun of everybody. And nobody has been spared. And it's like when we understand that that's what someone is doing, we're okay with it. Or we used to be, but now there's just like certain groups you can't make fun of and then it it spreads into these other things too where all of a sudden the language we have to use is based on like i have to look at you and try to decipher who you are before you say a word because if i say the wrong name or the wrong pronoun i'm going to be in trouble like some of this stuff is just it's too far it's too far it assumes that my words mean something that it doesn't you know what i'm saying because here, here's what's truth, okay? Because uh, this is where the pastor part of us comes in, Cody. And this is only kind of related to the comedy issues here. But because there are some Christians out there who have been outspoken in not great ways, we might get penalized for that. And say, I come across someone who has certain pronouns they want to be known by, but I don't know that. I can't tell that. We don't have big signs on us the last thing I want to do is offend anybody. And if someone tells me personally, they say, Hey, I would like to be referred by these pronouns. And I will try and do that because why would I want to anger somebody intentionally? I don't want to do that. So everything's getting harder, even on a normal communicative level. And yeah, so it means that comedy is going to be rough.
0: I will use a scripture kind of out of reference. Um, and definitely out of the context, but it's talking about the body of Christ, the the church, but like how some people are hands, some people are arms, but it does talk about there are people that are like just special parts that need to be protected. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do think that there are groups that if, your whole spiel is just going after this group and quite literally punching down. Yeah, you deserve what's coming your way.
1: Do Would you say that Chappelle punches down?
0: No, I would not. But if you just listen to sound clips, you might think that because usually it's an ongoing joke. You In- need the full context of Dave Chappelle's whole bit. And you, if you just hear like the short two minute spiel, and miss where he circles back around at the end, and it paints this huge picture of, holy cow, he's a great storyteller, mm-hmm. um, you're going to miss out on that, and and especially at the end of his stand up specials on Netflix he has these sincere genuine heartfelt moments um where he was talking about um his friend that was a trans lady that he met in san francisco and like he invited her to open for him several times and she committed suicide and he has a whole just portion where it's it's like this sad story but He tells that, hey, if I have a problem with trans people, I would not have invited this person to open for me. I love this person. I love this person's daughter. I care about people. And like, especially on an individual level. So often we get caught up within grouping and groupings. Okay but at times it's quite lazy and there's individuals within groups that you're not going to want to lift up. I love Kansans. Kansans are great people typically, but I'm not going to uplift Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. And you might say, Cody, that's an extreme example. And you'd be right. That is, but there's definitely other groups within the great state of Kansas that, ah, I'm probably not lifting up too high on a pedestal because there's a lot of flaws. Shockingly, we are flawed people. And so, yeah, you can't just say, well, everyone in this group is tremendous and yada yada. No, there's there's bad apples within the group because life, life happens. You don't know how everyone's brought up. You don't know all the circumstances. And so if you don't like comedy, I would say, just don't turn it on. That, that would be the short answer to fix the problem Mm -hmm. is okay. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And I know that's kind of what it has escaped us. Right. But I also know that then others will say, but then it will warp the minds of the people that are in the audience and you're giving too much credit to these people if your mind's that easily persuade then we have a bigger issue okay
1: all right well let's get back to that first of all that was a well thought out and crafted answer and i just want to thank you for that because that was a beautiful answer um but let's let's address a couple things you said in there first of all that last thing you said um, where that's often the excuse thrown out is like, well, they're going to they're going to shape someone's mind on this scenario who doesn't get the joke. And I'm just like, yeah, but those people are already being shaped by our culture, which isn't great. And 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 you don't understand that those people were going to be those people
0: regardless. Um, Tipper Gore used that as her example, that there will be people in society that will be. Persuaded and changed by this bad influence of Al Bundy
1: (laughs) (laughs) and O'Neill. But yeah, that's I see. I have a major problem with that because it is it it, basically we're trying to take the onus off of us as individuals and say, no, the problem is material. So we do this with a lot of things. Um, We do it with government. We do. Right. So it's capitalism's bad because All the rich people are greedy. But the problem is is socialism, which is the opposite of capitalism, suffers from the same problem. People are greedy. And we never get around to the truth, which is, yeah, government styles aren't bad. It's, It's not comedy that's bad. We're bad. Humans are bad. We're the problem we're broken we never so in all of this i think the point uh, uh, one of the big first points i want to make about comedy and why it's dying or why it's dead or anything is because we always shift the blame off of ourselves we're the ones who are broken not comedy we just can't take the joke anymore because the joke is is we we're broken and we can't take it we don't want to think about that Instead, we want to fool ourselves into thinking we're something we're not. When, <sighs> boy, did I just nail our whole culture. That's the whole, that's the whole problem with the pronouns. Like, I should be able to pick my own pronouns, right? That's what we want to say. Mm-hmm. And look, look, again, I want to make very clear, I will call you whatever pronouns you want me to call you. Okay? Why? Because I love you as a person. Because I value humanity. Okay? But I'm just going to say this pretending and duping yourself into thinking you're not a broken individual, that you're not, that you're perfect, that you're quote unquote, a good person. It's not going to do you any favors. We got to stop pretending. And I, I feel like our culture is big into this pretending thing right now. And if you say that, you know, deep inside of you is this or is this, and I know it doesn't reflect that on the outside of my body, but deep inside is this, then I will try to honor that in whatever way you want me to honor it. But at the end of the day, we have to be honest with ourselves too. And I think a lot of this, a lot of our problems are are stemming from this idea that we just want to fool ourselves. And and that's not me pointing a finger. That's not even me saying that I'm not going to use the pronouns you want to use. I've already said I will use them because I want want you to know that I I don't have anything against you. I love you. Okay? Okay but also because I love you, we can't do this thing. You know, years ago, George Carlin did a comedy bit and George Carlin has a lot of similarities to Dave Chappelle. Uh, Very intelligent the way they crafted their comedy. And George Carlin was a predecessor to Dave Chappelle. And George Carlin used to do this bit on, um, What's the word? Um, <laughs> I can't think of the word. But when we use uh, different phrases for other words, um, we try to bury stuff under jargon. He, would, he did this whole bit on how we called it uh, post-traumatic stress disorder shell shock in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then we, we decided we didn't like that. And we did the same thing with um, people who are handicapped to the point where we couldn't. Handicapped was already a replacement word for cripple but we didn't like the word cripple. So we changed it to handicap, but then somewhere around the eighties, we didn't like that word anymore. We got offended by it. And so like we changed, you know, physically challenged differently abled. We went through all these other things, but at the end of the day, George Collins said, at the end of the day, it doesn't change your condition. You still have this condition But it's like we're, we're, we're conditioning people is what he was saying is we're conditioning people to think if we change the name of what someone calls us, that it changes the condition, but that doesn't, that doesn't help us. And it certainly doesn't help our quality of life and our happiness, which I think you're seeing in America.
0: So with that point, and my mind's going in random places, I know, (laughs) um, So I took a creative writing poetry class in college. Mm -hmm. And um, there was this poet in Salina and he came in and he was uh, talking to us and he said something that kind of stood out and stuck with me. And that was, he was talking about like scenery and he's like, don't bother learning the names of the trees because once you know that that's an elm tree, you're going to be like, Oh, it's an elm. And you go on appreciate that beauty that that specific tree has. Mm. And I think that that's what we miss with trying to come up with all these different labels and things that there's a person with, right behind that label that we're using or what or we're not using um get to know people individuals are are important that if you give each individual person a level of respect and dignity you appreciate them as someone that's created in God's own image the demeanor around the your community your Uh, livelihood is going to change. People will be more happy, be more pleasant. People will be more willing to joke around. Things that we might view as small or that some people are viewing as big right now could go back to being something small that they can brush off. But we're all right now kind of at a place where we're on edge. Mm. And we're close to that fire flight response um and there's a ton of factors that go into that why we as a culture and society are there the the movement for being more pc at heart it's a pure motive
1: oh Uh, yeah sure
0: we don't want people to be like emotionally and physically scarred and traumatized. But there there's a line and there's a fine line that uh, we can do this, but we can't do that. You can't just be a flat out racist. That's awful. Don't tell racial jokes. Yeah. yeah. You can avoid those, but there's, other things that we can discuss and we can have a conversation about it instead of just instantly putting up the wall and being like you're forever dead to me because some people might not be aware that this is something that's triggering something that is hurtful because they don't have the same experience as you do shockingly we're all unique in that regard that whatever way we filter in information even if you have a twin and you've lived with them for your whole life you're going to filter in things differently than they are there's going to be differences in how you respond how you react and so when you're completely different like different backgrounds different uh, locations different ages yeah there's going to be some gaps that's why you got to get to know people Don't just get to know the label. Don't try to make the label better. Get to know the people.
1: Yeah, I found an article written by Zachary Buttram, and he wrote an article called Five Reasons Why Hollywood Has Abandoned Edgy Humor. And he makes some observations in here that I wanted to to bring up. He says, if you're anything like me, you've come to realize that you haven't seen a gut-busting hilarious movie in ages. Excuse me. Monty Python, Blazing Saddles, and the Big Lebowski are all classics that could never be made and released today. What do you think about that? Do you agree? Mm. Monty Python made fun of religion, Christianity in particular. Oh,
0: you can bash Christianity all day. But why? Why can you do that? Because it is- Let's defend the faith here for a second. It's because- Because we can take it? it? I won't know. Because it's PC to be
1: able to do that.
0: It, it It is politically correct for us to do that. It's not that we can take it, because there's f- quite a few Christians that will be wine bags about things. <laughs> Looking at you, Tipper Gore. <laughs> I'm sorry for all this Tipper Gore we slander. Tipper
1: Gore. Um, I did not expect the amount of Tipper Gore in this episode. Um but
0: no, like blazing saddles could not be made. Today. Blazing saddles could not. I think that I, I think you can make big Lebowski today.
1: It, here's the problem with blazing. Saddles. You know what? I'm going to save this because we're going to talk about a show in particular here in a second. So let's just go through uh, these. This guy's reasons why films reflect the values of society. He says right films and culture have always been influenced by each other without a culture to derive context and ideas from films wouldn't be able to exist. He says movie studios are trying to appeal to American culture, but international culture as well. And now that the culture in America has shifted, Hollywood has pivoted with it. And that's part of the problem. We are obviously living in a very PC oriented culture. And so there's lots of movement to try to get behind that. Um. It, I, here, here, like I know lots of, I know people who are uh, who are lead a homosexual lifestyle, um, and I know men who lead this lifestyle, and I would say that the Hollywood version of them is probably way farther off than most versions of groups of people than Hollywood in general in general does because they're so pc that they can't put a real human version of a homosexual male on screen they have to like first of all they're always married happily they're always great parents like yet you know your average white male on tv who's a parent usually not a great parent we didn't we don't you don't see the brady bunch anymore that's gone So like, why, why are they doing that? Well, because it's so the, the culture is so correct. I think what he's saying is you can't even put a real version of a human being on screen when it comes to certain groups because you're handling it with kids gloves. So like we talk about this with representation a lot. Is it true representation if they're not putting human versions on screen? I mean, that's a question. It's a fair question. And I think Chappelle kind of hints at that sometimes with the LGBTQ community. He says, Hey, I'm, I'm fine with pe- the people like that. He has friends, he says, but if we can't talk about real and the brokenness in us, and see, I think part of the problem is, is if we can't look at ourselves and recognize the brokenness in us, then how can we ask people out there to not be broken? Like how how are we gonna say hey you can't do that don't be broken, like we're not even recognizing it in ourselves that's a that's a recipe for disaster, and that's kind of where we're at. Is I'm the only good person in existence, and I'm asking you bad people to not be bad people. Well, that's not fair or correct.
0: Yeah, although the further we get into this article, the further I I'll break from what this art are this author's point of view is
1: yeah he says politics have influenced movies which i think's fair
0: yeah i won't disagree. Uh, it
1: influences movies and television um comedy with sacrifice for superheroes and blockbusters i don't know that i false. agree with that one yeah i'm going to say false no yeah it's like it's too everybody wants to bash on the mcu say they've ruined movies like no we just
0: kind of like it because it's lighthearted. it's cotton candy everything's too serious now um and I've watched quite a few movies that aren't MCU or DCEU movies. Like, literally, when the pandemic hit and they shut down theaters, the movie that I was going to go see was A Quiet Place 2, which is not a comedy, but it's a different style of movie mm-hmm. and it doesn't have any superheroes in it whatsoever. Um, I think that comedy is went from kind of like in the 90s there was a lot of Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey and you can kind of classify those movies as dumb stupid humor whatever and then 2000s a lot of Will Ferrell in which it doesn't really change that much and so Maybe there is just kind of this lack of creativity within the comedy genre on film. Cause once uh the hangover came out, they tried to remake it with doing it, well, it's Bridesmaids. Like I I the Hangover movies got worse. I don't need to see this one either like come up with something new a different idea a different style if you're going to go slapstick go slapstick that's fine but if you're going to go dark humor go dark humor that's fine i mean have something that hasn't been said lately and you'll have my money that's all i ask for
1: This article, this guy goes on to say that reviews affect a movie's success. I think this is fair. Um, And I think it's fair to say that if your movie has a certain bent, that the reviewer, there's some reviewers out there that are are basing their enjoyment of the movie on something that, you know, or non-enjoyment, as it were, as something they disagree with politically.
0: Or that there wasn't something in the movie that would go with, their view of political correctness.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. American Sniper, starring Bradley Cooper. Saw it. Yeah. Is that a good movie? It's okay. Interesting. I'm
0: going to write that down. I think it's a good movie. Like I'm. So I, when, I think it's
1: a good movie that's about a guy who was politically outspoken in his after the movie takes place. Yeah. In his, you know, and his wife is outspoken. Can, his, his, yeah widow now because this guy was was killed yes
0: i i'm not saying like it was bad i'm not but for me it's not like oscar worthy even though i don't care about the oscars it's not citizen kane that's what i'm saying like i'll watch it It uh, yeah I, i hear what you're saying yeah like it's it's It got a 72% on Rotten
1: Tomatoes, but I bet if this same movie came out now instead of 2014 when it came out, it would get a worse Rotten Tomatoes score because some critics would not like it just based on the widow's activity as an outspoken someone in politics who she was for a little while. She's not really anymore, but for a little while they were on Fox News a lot. Chris Kyle was a favorite kind of a while of like Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on those kind of shows and I'll bet this movie doesn't get n- nearly as good of critic scores if it comes out now instead of 2014. And I guess I'm just offering that up as like, yeah, this, that point is correct. I don't think you can trust all reviews anymore. Uh, basically it's, you know, there were some people that were saying Eternals couldn't be judged correctly because there were some things conservatives wouldn't like in it.
0: Yeah, I think that we get too caught up with what the stereotype of this group or this group would like because I know several conservatives that were not bothered one iota by um, the the movie Eternals. And I do know several liberal friends that were bothered by – was it the first one or the second one? It might have been the second one. Uh, Borat 2. Uh, if that's the one where he goes into a synagogue. Yeah, it might have been. I, don't because, know, I didn't see the second one. So, I saw the first one. I thought it was funny. So he went into a synagogue, and he had on, like, a devil, like, uh, wings and stuff. So if you don't remember that from the first one, then I'm going with the being yeah, the, second it be the second one. Yeah, it must be the second one. Uh, But he talks to someone that survived the Holocaust. He himself is Jewish. Yeah. But he talks to someone that survived the Holocaust and does so in this costume, does so in a joking manner. Well, he's
1: playing a part. Yes. But it's being played like a documentary.
0: And this lady's really a Holocaust survivor, and it's really She's happening. She's not in on the joke. Yeah. Right. And yeah, uh, she died not too long after the movie was completed, and her family has been very outspoken about it. And even though there's several moments in there that my more progressive friends would love, Kill him for that, <laughs> okay. and which I'm like, Oh, that's oh, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, as an individual, would not go up, especially once you found out she's a Holocaust survivor. You stop the joke right, right there, and you're like, oh, Okay, we'll go a different angle.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is the Borat,
0: yes, um,
1: he's a comedian that has a certain style. This is again like. Is comedy dead? I think if we're canceling Sasha Baron Cohen, who would be a liberal, you know, supporter? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's pretty progressive, but you have to understand the context of the joke, right? Like he's not, he is in fact Jewish. So he's not making fun of, he's playing a part, he's playing a character. It's a joke, right? It is. And and I understand why. Listen. I didn't see the second Borat. It's because you know what? It. It's not for me. Sasha Baron Cohen's comedy is not for me. Okay? And that's okay. It is. Because some people will find it funny. Some people will find it hilarious. They must they made two of those movies.
0: Um I will say he puts on a concert at I think it's like a Trump rally but Trump's not there. Yeah. And He makes up a song. I laughed way too hard at it. (laughs) And so, but there were people that were offended by that portion. And I mean, you could go down the list. There's people offended by Rudy Giuliani was made to look like he might be a pedophile. And I mean, like people on both sides of the aisle had issue with it. I don't know if anyone was "quote unquote" outright canceling him, but there's definitely people that have disgust with him, even though very outspoken politically.
1: There was a, a documentary a couple of years back called "No Safe Spaces," done by comedian Adam Carolla. Him and a, some several other comedians talked on it. It was a documentary. Tim Allen. Uh, said we have to be modulated and I'm a little worried about a little alarmed about the things I cannot say. I do it anyway. That's what Tim Allen said. Uh, Kevin Hart is in it. It mentions it kind of goes through the whole Oscars thing. Uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Shane Gillis was fired from Saturday Night Live before he even started after he made some bigoted remarks on a podcast that he that went public. And but by the way, and it works on both sides because it also talks about Kathy Griffin, yeah, whose career has been non-existent since she did the photo shoot with her holding the fake head of President Trump. This is true. So it's not just a liberal cancel culture no. or a conservative thing because Kathy Griffin has was victim of it too. Yes, which li- listen, I can sit here and criticize um, House you know, holding up effigies of, you know, presidents who are still alive and in fact serving. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not so offended by it. I think she should never work again. I mean, like now we have, you know, let's go Brandon signs in people's yard, which is super disrespectful to the sitting current president. Apparently we just don't care about that anymore. Like I'm from a time where we wouldn't have done that no matter how much we disagreed.
0: So... I think this will be where I say this is the proof that comedy's not dead, just because there are certain things that you can go all in on. When Trump was president, you can go all in on Trump with half of the people. When Biden's president, you can go all in on Joe Biden with half the people it it's a weird time so i i don't get that we call for respect and honor for certain people and label it as equality but then other people they can go kick rocks and it's all good so i i think that we need to get to a place where Equality is everyone's on the same playing field, the same level ground. There's certain things that you know are going to be completely taboo, off uh, limits. You don't go near them, but there's certain things. Ah, go for it. You got this. So um, I want to mention
1: this article that appeared in the Daily Iowan. Um, that's in, where I go for
0: all my comedy. Back news. in
1: 2019, written by a Peyton Downing, who is a columnist um, for, was back then a columnist for the Daily Iowan. I don't know if he's still there. Um, Shout out Peyton. Digital media columnist at the Daily Iowan. Uh, during her sophomore year, Peyton worked as an opinions columnist before serving as opinions editor. Oh, so, Upgrade. this is a college newspaper, apparently, for the University of Iowa. Oh, And she says in this article that comedy isn't dead, it's just evolving. She says this some is um, she says, despite what some may wish to believe, it's possible to tackle edgier, grittier topics without being policed by woke culture. One such film that highlights this is Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. about a young boy in Nazi Germany whose mentor is literally Hitler. Imaginary Hitler, yeah. Believe it or not, there has been no notable disparagement or criticism of the film for its setting. If cracking jokes about Nazis at a time when white supremacist violence is on the rise isn't edgy and provocative, I don't know what is. My argument is No, that's not edgy or provocative at all because we're all pretty unanimous that Nazis suck.
0: Yes, but like, so...
1: She's starting off from a fake starting point,
0: Cody. I will say in that movie, you fall in love with imaginary Hitler. (laughs) Yeah. He's so whimsical. And then the movie gets to its crescendo and you're like oh my goodness, that's a gut punch. And it is an example of a comedic film that did well. I mean, it was nominated for Oscars. I watched it, um, uh, and I enjoyed it. There is a way to do comedy. She her, th- Basically, the tenor of her
1: argument is you can't punch down so she's saying that comedy's done. You can't do it on marginalized communities. Now, here's the problem. Okay. How are we going to define marginalized communities? Because I would say in our culture that the LGBT, um, certain minority groups, uh, they're not marginalized anymore as far as culture at large. Now, if we want to talk about laws, Or if we, you know, like, listen, we could talk all day about African-Americans and what the legal system, the problems with the legal system has in dealing with inner city folks and people in those situations. Yeah. We could talk all day about that and say, hey, there are certain things in this system that aren't right, that they get marginalized. But saying someone's marginalized in culture is saying different. That's different. Okay. Mm-hmm. The LGBT community in our culture at large, pop culture, not marginalized at all. In fact, we just said talked about earlier how if anything we make them look less human by making them better than human. Yeah. So so I have a problem with that. Like so what who so basically you're saying white males you can make fun of at will because in your opinion they're not marginalized. Well, I could find you some marginalized white males. If that's the case because you're the problem is is you can't group this. Everyone's an individual. And just like if we got to know some people we wouldn't hit certain areas with them because we'd understand it would hurt their feelings, is the same reason that you don't get to you don't get to decide who what communities are marginalized in your head and which ones isn't. That's not fair, and that's not right. If, if your whole thing is to be fair and right, then you don't get to decide which communities are marginalized, and which aren't.
0: I don't know if she's this quote unquote deciding that. I would say she's being observant with how studios are going about comedy now,
1: yeah. right or wrong. Well, I would say that every comedian she mentions as negatively is a male.
0: Oh, she doesn't there's point so out any
1: female comedians that so are problematic. Many.
0: Amy Schumer jokes that early Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, who's
1: the who is the Jennifer Aniston's friend? The one that had a talk show for a little while on E. She's super problematic. I don't know. I You're can't remember her name. She was she, no, uh, she was Chelsea Handler. Che- yeah. Chelsea Handler. <laughs> you don't want to bring her up. She's problematic? If 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 all these other guys are problems, she's making fun of people. I, listen, I hate that I'm doing this because it makes me sound like I'm uh, I'm saying cancel all the people making fun of people. Like on some level, I'm being like, hey, when did our skin when did our skin get so thin? Because there's a part of me that's like this. I's like, hey, it's it's a joke. There's a joke, and there's I can look in the mirror and say, look, there's I'm I'm vulnerable and and ripe to make several jokes about myself. I'm overweight. If some comedian if some comedian gets on stage and I'm at a comedy show and they start making fat jokes, is that, is Do I get to be mad at him or do I get to look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know what? I've made choices in my life that, you know, regardless of whether they like, look, I could get into my personal history here and say, yeah, I'm an emotional eater. Um, Uh, I do it to make my, give myself comfort. I've fallen into these traps, but I understand that it comes from a place of my own brokenness. And I understand that the, the, the intent of the comedian, if they make a couple jokes about overweightness, maybe not be to just, you know, hammer down on us. It may, may just be, he's making a joke. Now, if every joke he makes is a, is a, is a fat person joke, then maybe we can talk.
0: Yeah, cuz usually there's something underlying within that person if they're targeting a certain group all the time. Um although you could I think Jerry Seinfeld could still do Jerry Seinfeld jokes. Mhm. Yeah. Cuz like usually his is almost situational stuff that's happening um Mitch Hedberg, if he was still alive, could do his comedy. Because it wasn't so much people-focused, it was just absurdity. And so there's definite styles that can still be done, although they're not quote-unquote popular, and whether that's because we don't have good comedians in those styles or because comedy's on its way out, that's a whole nother
1: thing. I mean, George Carlin was ruthless. He went after people, but super intelligent in the way he crafted his comedy. I would say Chappelle is very similar, but Chappelle catches more heat even now. George Carlin's still revered as as a legend of comedy. No one goes back into his old stuff and picks things out. He had some things to say about the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. that if people wanted to, to go back and look it up, they'd have a problem with now. So what are you saying that Dave Chappelle? So what I would ask someone who's a very progressive minded person, what's your problem with Dave Chappelle? And why don't you have that same problem with George Carlin? Who's revered? Is it in fact, because you're racist?
0: They, they <laughs> would say it's because <laughs> George Carlin's dead and you don't hear George Carlin.
1: That doesn't stop him from ragging on John Wayne.
0: Cause John- took his
1: name off the airport. Why? He's dead!
0: Well, George Carlin doesn't have an airport. Pull down those statues! Why? They're dead! Also, I don't think that George Carlin, although very popular within people that like comedy, I could go around to a lot of people and say George Carlin's name, and they're like, who? Yeah, I gotcha.
1: I'm just trying to point out that there's some holes in the logic.
0: Oh, yeah. Then I mean, people don't grasp that. Uh, there's nuances to this and that. Yeah. They're, they're, if we're about having conversation, let's have conversation. I, th- I, think, I think the nuance thing is right. And again,
1: now that I've gone through that spiel, let me say again, I don't want to hurt anybody. I love people. And the choices you make in your life, they're your choices to make. No one's trying to take the, I'm not going to take them away from you. And I'm not going to treat you any differently if you do. I will even treat you nicely, Tipper Gore. Mark Marin uh, said this on his podcast, which is extremely popular. Mark Marin a comedian. Yes, he. Is. And he's going to give us the other side here. This is this is his point and actually I kind of agree with it. Okay. Okay, this is what he says. If you're too intimidated to try and do comedy that is deep or provocative or even a little controversial without hurting people, then I mean you're just not good at what you do. And I think that's fair. Touche. I think if you are going to go in on certain groups of people, then you better be intelligent enough to do it in a way where you're not just trying to hurt them. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I think the I think Chappelle does that, and that's where some people would disagree.
0: I think if you can get to a certain level of comedian status where your name is at least somewhat acknowledgeable within the current society that ah you probably are a more intelligent comedian that there's something that you have an insight that people are like i can dig this let's talk about friends oh, you went with a different show than what I was expecting.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Friends because Friends seems to be a lightning rod that encapsulates this pretty quickly because Friends isn't as old as some of the other shows. So like if we talked about Blazing Saddles, for instance, as a movie, that's older, even older still. And so there's, I didn't, I wanted to pick something that wasn't separated by as much time. Mm-hmm. And Friends being big in the 90s and into the aughts, was reasonably close. Um, I'm coming from an article on insider.com. Uh, and basically the headline states that friends is problematic. Okay. This is what, this is what the article says. First thing they says is they're going to, they said six people were supposed to be rooting for at the center of this nightmare, Rachel Ross, Monica Chandler, Joey, and Phoebe, Um, for, for the record, you could tell me that any of these men are named any of those names and I believe you they're even more interchangeable nondescript than uh, they're just that, um, to quote the theme song, will they really be there for you? I refuse to trust them. Friends is so white, uh, that there's a YouTube rap video dedicated to discussing the few black actors with speaking roles in the series. So the first problem this person has is that they're white that whitewashed
0: the series. Well, shockingly, if you go to New York city, there are different ethnic neighborhoods Mm -hmm. still. Yeah. Still. Um, and shockingly, most people tend to be of the mindset, birds of a feather flock together, stick together, whatever you want to use. And so it's not surprising that a group of white guys and white ladies are quote unquote friends. Um,
1: They go all in on friends, the show uh, making the the jokes they made at the expense of gayness or queerness um, and transgender. Chandler's dad is a transgendered uh, person on the show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, played by Kathleen Turner, which they also had a problem with because it was a woman. He's it's supposed to be a man pretending to be a woman, right? Mm-hmm. I I shouldn't say pretending, is that's not the right word. Someone to get mad at me for that. I'm sorry. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't know what the right vocabulary is. A man who is now a woman living a life man a woman.
0: who transitioned into a woman.
1: Yes, although on the show he's just a drag queen. Which is not that. It's just a man who's dressing up as, as a, woman. a woman. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and that's the butt of a lot of jokes in that story.
0: Poor Kathleen Turner. She has a raspy voice. And you're <laughs> yeah, I think immediately should be upset, it should be Kathleen Turner. <laughs> that you get labeled a man.
1: Um, they make jokes about that. Uh, there's also a lot of gayness jokes between Chandler and Joey in particular. they're close friends so a lot of jokes are made at their expense here's what i'd say Uh, i think when you look at this most often the thing you hear is the friends are awful they're awful people and if i can compare it to blazing saddles for a minute which is full of racial jokes but in blazing saddle you understand That the racists are racist.
0: That's the joke. And that the black sheriff is like breaking racial stereotypes. The black sheriff is the
1: smartest dude in the movie.
0: Very much so.
1: And all the idiots think he's the idiot, right? Because they're racist. The movie's literally made by a Jewish guy, Mel Brooks. Mm -hmm. Okay? I would say the same thing about Friends. You're not supposed to look at the friends and see them as perfect people making fun of LGBT people. You're supposed to see them as flawed. They're flawed.
0: Um, so I would say it's a time capsule of the nineties. Different times. Very true. Very different times. And those jokes were flying around by a lot of different races and even some within the own community. Now, I will compare it to good times. So good times, by the tile, you think, oh, this show's about a bunch of happy-go-lucky people. No, they're constantly being put down, struggle, having fights, conflicts. Everything can go wrong. The thing that comes back to at the end is we have good times because we have family.
1: Because we got each other. Good times. Good times. Yeah, right? friends,
0: they go through all these crazy situations, bad things, ridiculous things, and they all have each other.
1: Ain't we lucky we got them.
0: Good times. So that's where I would go. Uh, The show I thought you were going to mention was The Office. Office is also included. And Steve Carell has said many times, The reason why he doesn't sign off is because the office was meant for that time and place, and it shouldn't be made again. It shouldn't be redone that way. It would have to be something reimagined.
1: See, I disagree with him. Nobody watching that show seriously thinks, oh, Michael Scott's a normal human being. No, the point of Michael Scott is he's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, anybody's he, he's clueless he's clueless as he does it he's actually a perfect picture of someone that can be accidentally racist because they're ignorant
0: and then accidentally a
1: advocate <laughs> right the thing about michael scott is he could say something extremely insensitive but then you'd see a moment where he was it shows he had heart he has a heart he loves the loves people like this is the part we like it kills me Steve Carell you're wrong
0: I I'm going to lean on the side of Steve Carell I think it would morph it it wouldn't be the same old shtick I think maybe not it would have to change with the time frame because there's some very dated things that are happening within the office and some things that Michael Scott would not be doing today that like a 35 year old guy would not be doing today compared to what a 35 year old guy would do in the early 2000s
1: my question is should it be dated because it hasn't been that long or have we gone too far well because i would say that's a little bit of both like maybe there's some things that are dated but maybe we've just gone too far too because again we're we're over we're over seriousing everything right and and again, we're ignoring that Michael Scott isn't supposed to be a character. We go, oh, I want to
0: be more like him. No, he's ignorant. That's the joke. And usually within The Office and some other shows, and I, I think that we lose this with some of the standards that we do have now where there's these moments of highly offensiveness, mm. highly offensiveness, but at the end, there's like this redemption moment or this education moment of, aha, see, this is not what this community's like, or that is hurtful, and I'm sorry. And like you see these moments within The Office and other shows that it allows for an actual story to unfold. It's not just a one liner and it's done. It's okay we have this moment and now we have to address this moment and we work around this moment we work through this moment we are not at a point within the current realm of popularity there are some things that are probably doing it you just either don't think of it instantly because it's not that popular or it's not happening in the big enough screen but we're at this place where we can't really work through things. Mm-hmm. It, It's it's too heavy. It's too real. Let's not go about that.
1: You know, anybody that's critical of The Office and Michael, the Michael Scott character, like, is going to ignore any scene he ever had with Daryl Philbin. The, you, you know, the the yeah. warehouse guy who's black, who is using michael scott's ignorance against him in many of the cases where they interact oh yeah and 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 he handles him well actually he because he understands michael is ignorant not hateful and i think there's a distinction to be made there but i would agree i would say that yeah you probably have to do it a different way although i still think you could make a show about a guy who's ignorant that is his character is cringy Oh, yeah. Because if you don't believe there's people out there like that and you're going to automatically hate them, then that's not a great starting point either. How are they ever going to get educated if you just automatically hate them?
0: If there's a reason you should hate The Office, it is because of the episode of Michael, Scott, and Scott's Tots. We don't talk about Scott's Tots. <laughs> we
1: don't talk about Scott's Tots. Yeah,
0: nope. <laughs> like that horror. <laughs>
1: Well, that episode is super cringy. And like, you're not going to get any argument from me there.
0: Strike that one and never show it again. I tried to force myself to watch it, but <laughs> like, it's so cringy. I have to walk out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think, okay, here's, let's bottom line it. At the end of the day, I don't want anyone to get their feelings hurt. Comedy's not important enough for me to throw people away. I'll tell you that. I would rather never laugh again than to anyone to think that I don't love them and value them as a human being. So that's that's my bottom line. But I do think we need to not lose the ability to laugh at ourselves.
0: Yeah, as and- as humans. Uh, my friend Jesus, as an article that was published not too long ago, I think it was Jesus by, published an article? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> about my friend Jesus um, by Relevant that said, ah, he used sarcasm. Yeah. Jesus has a sense of humor. And... That's clear in certain parts of the Bible. Jesus also has a tender, loving heart, especially for the vulnerable, the broken. Yeah. So... Where I stand on it is uh, be respectful, get to know individuals, but you can tell
1: jokes. I just want to make sure anybody listening that disagreed with anything I said, hey, we have strong opinions about pop culture, but at the end of the day, like I'm serious when I say this, I would rather not laugh for the rest of my life than to hurt anyone intentionally. Okay, so that's where I stand, just so everyone knows where I'm standing um thank you so much for listening we'd love to hear anyone else's thoughts on this matter too is comedy dead what's the future of comedy can will will it go back i I have a tendency to think that this is all like a pendulum that this will swing back and forth because that's what uh this kind of stuff does in human history uh where we swing back and forth uh like a pendulum and what we think is acceptable and what we think isn't and so i tend to think it will but Uh, What do you guys think? You let us know on our Facebook page or Twitter. Just go search Pop Culture Pastor. You can find that. Follow us um, and tell us what you think. Also, you might go check out our social media pages because we are about to go to Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, April 22nd through April 24th. Uh, If you're going to Planet Comic Con, make sure and look for us. We'd love to meet you there. Um, But also, if you want a swag pack, We're selling Pop Culture Pasture swag packs on our social media pages right now. You can get a t-shirt. You can get a a motel coffee, uh, motel coffee, motel keychain. Remember the old school motel keychains? We've got Pop Culture Pasture ones of those. You can get stickers, some Pop Culture Pasture decals for your laptop or whatever you put stickers on, your water canister. Um, And we've got mugs, coffee mugs for the first 15 people that order a swag pack. Um, Also, if you give us uh, the suggested donation, $30, Cody, but if they give us 50, I will personally select a Funko pop out of my personal collection and include it in your swag pack.
0: And if we ever meet face to face, you get a high five from me.
1: That's true. High fives all around from Cody. That's to help us get to uh, planet comic-con we're not selling anything there so uh because we just want to go there and be a light for people sh- to to be happy around people and and to shake people's hands and give them a smile because some people need that um and we'd love to be that for you so uh check it out and and donate to us if you'd like and you get a free t-shirt let's not i mean you know what to mean you donate and you get a t-shirt all right we gotta go Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Pop Culture Pastor. We'll see you all later.
0: See you in the next Pop Pop Culture Pastor.